Perez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello and welcome to Burkett One, and we are still an Arsenal podcast. This is about 100th podcast in the last three or four days, where it feels like it. Uh, Gav's pulled a sicky, so he's not going to be here with us tonight, and there's not a single person who's going to complain about that. Uh, so uh, I had actually asked uh, Ellis and uh, Dave before, Gav pulled out. So first of all, it's Dave Sager, who is the uh, one of the most famous Arsenal book writers, authors, whichever way around you want to call it. I'm doing a hundred things at once, and uh, I was actually honoured to be part of his last book. So Dave, hello, how are you doing? I'm very well, Danny. I'm very well. I was honoured to have you as part of my last book. Is, is the right way of looking at it. But, uh... Uh, yeah, didn't you say like most of the interviews went for about an hour, and mine was like two hours because I wouldn't shut up. I was trying to get rid of you, yeah. <laughs> Good. Have you got any books planned for the future? I've just finished writing um, a section of a chapter of a new book, yes, while well, before Ooh. I was... Yeah, no, it's... it's uh, I, th- I think a few people know about it. If you remember, um, the third book was Arsenal's Double Double, which was like a cat-in-the-hat style comedic rhyming tribute to those two seasons. And the intention... Oh, the one was- with Matt Lucas and that lot in... No, no, that's the uh, Sporting Arsenal's funny old game. No, I just did basically every game of 98, 97, 98 and 2001, 2002 was described, you know, in rhyming couplets from start to finish. Not a single goal missed, everything rhymed with all, and Paulie drew an Arsenal did all the artwork for it. Oh. Uh, it came out in 2000, came out in 2018. So the sequel to that is nearly complete, which is um, Double Double to Invincible Bubble. So basically it's the, it's the, it's the uh, complete history of the Invincible season again. In, poet, in poetry rhyming couplets with poorly drawn Arsenal's uh, images to accompany the book. So that will come out for the 20th anniversary at the start of the season, probably in September. Ah. So, yeah. So. Very good. Book number and five. And you also did Geordie Armstrong on the wing, which I have. I've got the Arsenal double-double. I've got the Arsenal for everyone. I might have two of those. And uh, yeah. the one I don't have is supporting Arsenal as a funny old game. Um, is that the only ones I say only I've written nothing in my life is have you only done four that we know of <laughs> yes this will be the fifth yeah yeah yeah. Uh, now the sporting the sporting Arsenal's funny old game is yeah that was the second book yeah so. yeah that's good it's lovely so if anybody wants to go and get them don't go to Amazon go to legendspublishing.net and then go and have a look for Dave's books there and also or, or very you, own... you, well, the last two you can actually get from Arsenal you know from the Arsenal Ooh. shop uh, very good. Well, go to the, go if you if you're at the the game, go to the shop and buy them. Not that I go into the armory and look every week or anything, but well, you should do, sure go in there. Should, I'm hoping they're should. not going to be there; that they still are there. <laughs> you should just go in there and start signing them, and they go, "What are you doing?" You go, "Don't you know who I am?" <laughs> and, uh, I've never I'm, said that. And the, the, our part-timer at ABW, Jock, Dan, Dan Betts, his one's there as well, Almost Invincible. And it's the 30, 30th anniversary shiny edition as well. I've got that, but I haven't got the, the shiny edition. So if you if you want to buy stuff for an Arsenal fan, just go to Legends Publishing and go and buy everything. <laughs> uh, that'd be very good. Also with me tonight, as my thing falls out of my ear, is Ellis. Hello, Jake. Hello, hello. Yeah, good to was... finally be back. Probably one of our best seasons and the podcast I decided to come back on. We've been on a 
three straight draws. So, coincidence? Yeah, you've got about 50 kids <laughs> now, though, haven't you? You keep having more. I've had one. And she's a handful. Same kind <laughs> but of thing. She's in bed it? and asleep at the moment. So, fingers so crossed no, she stays that no, way. Nobody talk loud. Uh, <laughs> how have you been? I mean, I know how you've been because you're in, in the, all the WhatsApp groups. But uh, tell the people how you've been. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Just a very busy life. Moved house into, you probably can't quite see it behind me, an old lady's house where every single wall, ceiling, surface, other than the floor, is uh, covered in Artex and Magnolia. Yes, Dave. So it's been a lot of work trying to sort that out, but we'll get there slowly. That's a a bugger to get off, isn't it? Bugger to get off the walls, isn't it? It is indeed. Artex. Yeah. We'll have it looking nicer, and next time I come on a pod, hopefully you won't be looking at that, that horrible thing behind me. <laughs> You've got a podcasting shed, haven't you, that you're going to use? My plan is to convert the shed into a, a man cave that will be able to be my own little section where I can do a podcast out of the way. But again, I think that's very far off on the list of priorities at the moment. <laughs> yes. Well, they, they all they leave home very, very, very quickly. And then the next thing you know, they're globe trotting around the world and quitting their job, which is uh, what my one has decided to do. Um, right. Let's have a. We were going to talk. We are going to talk about the 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 FA Youth Cup final. I'm not sure if it's one or two leads because this one's been held at the Emirates. It's uh, when we started. It was a. Uh, it was three one West Ham. It's now four one West Ham with six minutes to go. So um, have either of you been keeping an eye on the under 18s or the under 21s as they've rechanged it this season? That's a no not, 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 not going to matches, but obviously I follow the results and I follow. Yeah. You know, oh, that's all I do. I follow Jack on social media, which is always entertaining. It's good to see him. Gonna... Good to see him back at the club and doing well, regardless of what happens tonight. He was the one player that I wanted to uh, have. All the ones that have, I don't know, saying he's he's failed, but hasn't lived up to his full expectation. He is the one that I wanted to to do it the, the more than anybody else because everybody loves Jack. And if you don't love Jack, then, then I question your loyalty to the club. But do you think he's going to make it as a manager? <laughs> I'll put it this way: I'd say he's he's working in a pretty good environment right now. You know, he's, he's he, you know, I mean, I think he said himself that he, when he played with Arteta, he knew that Arteta was going to be a great coach. Um, and I'm sure, other than wanting to come back to Arsenal, I'm sure one of the reasons he wanted to come back now uh, straight away and. and Drew a close on his playing career, probably slightly prematurely, was because he could work in that environment with, you know, with Arteta's setup. So yeah, he's got. I think he's got every chance. Yeah, there's been quite a few players over the years that have just given up football at an early age. There was um, David Bentley, another one who said, "I had contract offers." I'm sure Jack had contract offers for other places, but at some point, you just lose your love for the game and don't want to play it anymore. You know, I just actually wrote something about David Bentley because, believe it or not. Ooh. I'm just writing about the 36th game in the Invincible season and it was the one-all draw with Portsmouth which everyone remembers for Reyes finally breaking his league duck for Arsenal um, and sort of preserving the unbeaten run. But David Bentley made his one and only league appearance for, for Arsenal in that game oh. against Portsmouth in the 36th game of a 38-game unbeaten season. Was it a um, shirt number 52? I vaguely remember something like that. That was Bentley. That was uh, Bentner. Ben was 52. I remember when um, Sesk came on in the League Cup, he um, he was an officiating shirt number 54, possibly against Hartlepool. I think that might have been the game that I met Burkamp at, and Burkamp to this day still hasn't stopped talking about it. 
I mean, sometimes it's it's quite annoying. Uh, Ellis, what do you think about uh, Super Super Jackie Wilshere? Do you think he's? Do you want him to have a future as an, as a as a manager? Do you think he'll do it? Oh, I hope so. I think obviously his his playing career was belighted with injuries, and unfortunately saw him end his career early. But um, not all players make good coaches, but sometimes not players that haven't really had the most outstanding player careers go on to make quite good coaches. Ala Pep Guardiola, Arteta, um, and to name a few more. I can't really think off the top of my head now, but yeah, hopefully. Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. Howe. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully, yeah, like he, he's starting at a good sort of structure. He's in, like, like Dave said, Arsenal has been, I think, revitalised from every aspect, not just the, the first team by Arteta and what they've done with the club. And he's in the best environment to sort of progress. And, and hopefully, yeah, he, he will go far and hopefully become a good manager. But we'll have to wait and see, really. He's working with Per as well, which is obviously mm-hmm. a, yeah. a good mentor to have, I would have thought. I was yeah. saying to Gav a couple of weeks ago, Ellis, that do you remember the days in the early ABW days when we used to go, we just want ex-Arsenal players at the club. We haven't got any. We need some representation at the club. We've now got Etu, Ed, 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 Etu, which is a combination of Arteta and Edu. And we've got Per and we've got Jack. And uh, I think there was a, a young man who was a striker who uh, he's now back at the club. He was playing non-league for a while. I think he might have played for Southend. Can't remember his name, but he's back at the club. You go and have a look at all the people working at the club. They've got quite a few ex-gooners there. And I think that does help because they understand what it's like to be an Arsenal fan. And they have the same expectations as we do. And uh, I love it. Yeah, I probably think... When we were saying that, or when people were saying that, they'll probably think along the lines of uh, Vieira mm. and Henri and probably the Invincibles. I, I doubt many people envisage uh, Arteta coming back, revolutionising the club. And uh, they mentioned Bernac further down and, and Jack Wiltshire also in there. So it's good. They're Arsenal men. They clearly know. And I think I think both when Mertesacker and Arteta came as players, obviously they were captain and vice-captain. So they, they clearly know the values of the club and they're obviously doing good things now. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do think Arteta knew quite early on, you know, when, when when he lost his pace a little bit, and he was doing his badges in that last season when he was still a player and club captain, wasn't he? And I think I think most people you talk to who were around the squad at that time and you listen to it, read interviews or listen to interviews, I think most people had a pretty good inkling that Arteta was going to be a good coach, um, you know. And I think Wenger said that, and obviously then going to work with Pep, you know, not 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 too many finer people to learn from. I wouldn't have thought. West Ham are 5-1 now. It's good for the corner. I don't even need to talk about that anymore. <laughs> it's nice to see that the FA, with all the billions they get every year, can't get a YouTube stream to work. The one we're doing at the moment is better quality, which is an absolute shame. Um, lots of the usual people in there. Size so 10 people to uh, to uh, click thumbs up. That's very nice. Uh, formerly known, so Danny Carbassian was our American scout for a long time. Yes, he was. And he's... Um, he actually wrote a book, didn't he, about his career? And uh, yeah, that's, that's one book I don't have. I mean, there's loads of them, but there's uh, there's quite a few Steve, I don't have. Well, Steve Morrow, Steve Morrow was out there for a long time as well, wasn't he, Brass? He was Dallas, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, right. Well, so we've done that. So another little bit of something you don't usually. We used to talk about it in the old days. How the ladies are getting on? It's now back on trend, which is which is good for those. But Ellis, do you watch any of the ladies' games? Because at the moment, we're in the Champions League semi-final and we're up against Wolfsburg. Went there 2-0 down at one point, ended up 2-2. So the second leg's going to be at the Emirates. Do you watch any of it? 
Um, I barely get enough time to watch the Arsenal men's team, to be fair, but occasionally when it's on team, I'll flick it on. I watched part of the uh, the United game, unfortunately. I think I'm basically just a bad luck charm. We started to... <laughs> <laughs> we're losing tonight in the in the Youth Cup when I'm on the podcast. I come on the podcast, we've drawn three times. And then every time I've watched uh, Arsenal ladies, they've uh, lost the game or someone's been drastically injured, which I think has been the story of the ladies' season, haven't they? A lot of the, the big players yeah. have been hit I, I with think, long-time injuries. I think, Ellis, that that is why this particular result in Wolfsburg was so impressive because, I mean, Wolfsburg are a very strong, very physical team and Arsenal, as you say, were without probably their four best players, without, you know, without, you know, Beth Mead and Mia Dima and, um, Recently, obviously, we lost the captain as well. With Kim Little, we've lost the captain and then the England captain, Leo Williamson. So you've lost four great players there and there were other players who didn't go to Germany. 2 nil down inside the first 20 minutes. To come back and drew to all was a magnificent result. Um, certainly, I've bought tickets for the, the return leg, which I'm looking up for my daughters. They're both going and they've already sold about 40,000 tickets, I believe, last time I looked. So it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. And... Uh, Unfortunately, we're not going to get any of those players back, but there will be a few other players back in. And maybe Katie McCabe, though, is just the Irish. I mean, just sensational in that game. So she was everywhere. But, you know, all in all, just an incredible achievement to come back, you know, against the odds. And I think there's more chance of them winning the European trophy than actually winning the the, um, the league in the UK. Because last year was a two-horse race with Chelsea. This year, Man City and Man United are both very strong. It's a very, very competitive league. Uh, and our injuries have cost us. But yeah, no, it's been very impressive. I watched it. I really enjoyed it. I'm still not over Van der Donk leaving. She was my favourite player. And uh, <laughs> what, it was my demir. Did she have to stop? Oh, used to, that, was, that, was, that was vaguely rude the way you. you <laughs> <laughs> she was my favourite player. I'm glad, the, I'm glad the audience can't see your hands at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, she played in the kind of Bergkamp position, didn't she? And she, yeah, I, I think she was, she's Dutch as well, is she? Yeah, with a name yeah. like that, of course she's going to be. And I just like, I just like the way that she would do, um, work wonders and for might have been and and set up like, so many goals and just be a great player in that ten yeah. position. I, I'm just I'm just uh, biased. Anyone strangely, who plays that position. And strangely, Vivian sort of sort of moved back with Black Blackstenius playing up front, so she's sort of moved back into the Bergkamp role this season before injury. Mm. You know, and um, you know she's been so long playing as, as as a sole striker, and now she's playing in sort of the withdrawn role, and she's adapted to that brilliantly as well. Yeah, because she's an absolute Dutch gold trait, machine. Hey? It's a Dutch trait, obviously. It is, and the England manager is Dutch as well, isn't she? Yeah. Swedish? No, no she's Dutch. Yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she won the, the uh, European Championships with, with Holland, and then England poached her, which is which is wonderful. Yes, I, I watched the European England, Championship with England as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite an achievement. Um, yeah, so good luck to the ladies for the rest of the season. And uh, I mean, they, uh, anyone look at the result. I mean, Leon are one of the best teams in women's football, and they absolutely destroyed Leon. Was it six one they beat them? Mm. Magnificent, <laughs> and that just shows what we can do, which is brilliant. Uh, Rudy says full time at the Emirates. Uh, West Ham won the Youth Cup five one. Well, I'm not going to talk about that ever again. All I can say is Jack Wilshire out. When him gone, when him gone in the morning. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the last three games that, we, that the, the Arsenal have played, Dave. Because uh, we've dropped six points. We were two 0 up, two 0 up, as you know, and then we played against the bottom team in the league, who are absolutely rubbish, and they they turned us inside out. Um, what do you put that down to? <laughs> um, yeah, you can answer that. Let Arteta know. Put it on a well, I, mean, I do think you have. To, I do think the first two in the in the Southampton games are very different. Um, I, I don't know. What, I don't mean the first two. I mean, obviously, we we started magnificently in both games. We were tuning up, you know, in both games, and 
uh, for, for some inexplicable reason, seemed to take a, a foot off the pedal. And it, it was a trait of early Arteta. It was certainly a trait last season. I didn't think we'd seen it as much this season. I mean, we have seen it sometimes where we almost feel like we've won the game, so we'll, we'll ease off slightly. And that was a mistake against Liverpool, uh, obviously, because they're, you know, despite their season, they're still a very good team. Um, and I know most of Twitter and social media seems to be laying the blame for, firmly at Rob, Rob Holding's feet, which I think is, you know, pointless and, 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 and extremely unfair. But we are having to deal with injuries and playing players who wouldn't definitely wouldn't be playing in the running. Uh, so it's unfortunate, but that's the manager's job to try and move things around. And I think. I don't want to criticise Arteta because I, I, I back him fully and I never have. But I just look at some of the best managers over the years and, and when you're faced with injuries, sometimes you just have to shuffle the pack slightly and maybe not play the same formation and not play, try and play exactly the same way when you haven't got the players who enable you to play that way. And that's what I put it down to. I put it down to just trying to sort of do exactly the same thing with Sinchenko and not play Tierney. Uh, and I'm not criticising Sinchenko, but sometimes, you know, you just need to say, OK, we've got to compensate for a fact we've got a very, very good Premier League centre-back, but he's not Saliba. He's not as fast as Saliba. Uh, he doesn't do the same things as Saliba. So we have to we have to shuffle the pack around that because that's where we are. And I'll, I'll be very interested to see whether that happens tomorrow. Um, yeah, it is a... Uh... It is weird to think that we've done all the... But it's not the end of the world, though, is it, Ellis? Because we've still only lost three Premier League games. Man City have lost four. And I was looking... If you've listened to the last few pods, you already know this stat. In the last 18 seasons, only twice have we scored more than the 77 Premier League goals that we've got at the moment. And uh, I think we're going to be... Maybe with six games to go, we might even be able to break... I think 84 is the most we've scored. And even in the Invincible season, we only scored 72 league goals, Ellis. So... Are people making too much of a big deal over it all? And uh, once you finish waffling about that, tell us what you think about why it's all gone wrong. <laughs> why at the end is nigh. <laughs> um, to answer your first question, I think it's the way the results have come. Like, I think we're all quite guilty of doing it, looking ahead, looking at the fixtures, thinking mm, we might drop some points there or that should be a easy win. I don't think anyone saw it, especially saw us dropping points to, to Southampton or the way in which we did drop those points. Um, West Ham, I think everyone probably would have put that as maybe not a comfortable win, but a, a win we should have got. And, uh, and me personally, I don't know how everyone else was feeling about the trip to Anfield. I actually had that down as, as a loss in my head. I thought we haven't gone there after they did what they did to Manchester United. I thought they had a, they had a point to prove. And from the, watching the... the um, all or nothing uh, clip when Arteta played the, uh, the you know, never walk alone through the speakers. I always thought he, he's got a bit of sort of personal problems of that stain that he may have sort of sp- spread onto the, onto the players, but to go two nil up and then, what do I say? Throw it away. But that's what it feels like, doesn't it? It feels like you've thrown those, those three points away probably makes it more frustrating. If, if, if these three draws back to back were spread out along this run a bit more, and weren't the case of having two of them having two nil leads and then throwing them away, we might feel a bit better about it. I think it's difficult, isn't it? We're, we're five points clear. Granted, City have got two games in hand of, of, of us. It still is in our hands, but I think from the performances that we've seen the, and, and, and the drop-off in our defensive capabilities since the Saliba and, and Tommy Asu injury, 
it's just made probably a lot of people rightly worried about <laughs> about the game tomorrow and, and, and what that's going to mean for our season. But in, in terms of where it's all gone wrong, it, it, again, if we knew that, someone needs to tell Arteta. But I think it probably is pressure. Um, I know it's a buzzword at the moment, but it's, mm. it's a type of pressure that these young players, other than Zinchenko and Jesus, haven't really felt before. And even Sinchenko and Jesus, to a certain extent, were, f- were fringe players in that Man City team that would constantly win the league. So it's, it's, I think if you're a fringe player coming on, there's a lot less pressure than being the, the starting eleven that I was always feeling that has to get those results, it has to perform, who is going to get it in the neck if they don't perform. Um, but I just think Arteta, he said that, is it phase win phase three or phase five? Is that what he's quoted in saying? So we're, we're ahead of schedule according to Arteta's own plans. Um, so maybe I just think the cracks are starting to show in terms of squad depth and just where this squad overall is at, at a maturity level and an experience level. And I think it, I think it, I can't really see it being anything else. The, the 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 Ramsdale pass to go behind at Southampton, I think, plays a part in that. I think he's obviously experienced in some forms of pressure previously, but a different type in relegation struggles. I think in a relegation battle. Dropping points isn't really the issue. It's picking up the odd points here and there. Whereas in a title, any form of drop points, whether it's two or three, is just just going to kill you. Unfortunately, I think. Yeah, I think for me, it's, it comes down to experience and just the pressure of being chased by this juggernaut, this robot that just picks up <laughs> points. That is Man City. Yeah, I think on the experience point, Ellis as well. Not only missing Shaka against Southampton, but substituting him with Vieira. I mean, what? You know, I, I mean, I very rarely get on the back of Arsenal players, and I never will in the stadium. But I just don't see it. I, I cannot, I cannot understand it on any level why Vieira started that game. And you know, however talented well, he may be, he, it, what that was not a game to put a slight inexperienced player in a game of that magnitude. I just didn't understand that, and it and it backfired horrendously in my view. And surely the. The, the transfer of bringing Jorginho in in January, surely that's the guy you bring in that situation. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind signing him, but I imagine it is probably his experience. Yeah. And the same with Trossard. I mean, Trossard obviously ultimately came on there and we mm. looked at consider, and he's just one player of the month and he's played in all sorts of positions, you know, and he's technically sound. He never gives the ball away. Yeah. I, I think, I think we'd be fools to sit here and not criticize some of our tennis decisions because some of mm. his decisions in the last three games some of them have been bad. Not all of them. I'm not saying he's been awful or anything. And I, like I said, the same as you, I don't really want to be too critical. But some of the substitutions in those games, the way we invited pressure at Anfield by becoming a back five, obviously starting Vieira over someone like Giorgino, he, he has made some mistakes. And again, that can be pressure attributed to him. He, he like the players, is a young, inexperienced manager. This is yeah, and someone just, got, someone just said in the comments, probably Danny was going to pick up on this, but, you know, he... he they made the observation quite correctly that Rob Holdings won two FA Cup finals playing in a back three. Um, and, you know, it, it, it does give you that solidity of having holding with two other quicker centre-backs. Uh, and we have got the players who can do that, you know, and I've seen a lot of social media speculation that he might do it. And we know he has gone to a back three in games. So it's something he might look at tomorrow night. And I think Rob Holding would feel a lot more comfortable if he did. Uh, and I think the team might feel a lot more comfortable certainly going to the Etihad. I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, we've seen, haven't we, with a, another team that has played a back five and how difficult it can be to play in a back four. 
and mm. see the uh, six goals. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, Dave, what do you think about the, the, the little things like, uh, does Arteta take any notice of players and what they're capable of doing for their international teams? Now, Tyranny plays the left-hand side of a back three centre-backs for Scotland. Mm. We've needed a centre-back. And uh, Zinchenko is the captain of, the, of Ukraine by playing in the defensive midfield position. In the Like a Xhaka, you, or you may well know more mm. than me do, but he plays roughly in the Xhaka position, but he likes mm. to get forward. He spends half of the game in that position in, in, anyway. So uh, can you see any reason why Arteta would go, no, uh, Tyranny, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to play you in a game when we need to defend. But games where I don't need you to defend, I'm going to play you. And then mm. I know you can play centre-back, but we're going to play Bob Holding. I love Bob Holding, and I don't like it when people have a go at him. Unless you can do better, then, then maybe you shouldn't. people shouldn't be slagging him off. But little things like that does make me wonder, why doesn't he make the most of this? Because we've been all, so many people have been crying out for someone like Zinchenko in, in central midfield. Mm. Well, I mean, my problem with Zinchenko, not, not, not a problem, is that he, he, he seems reluctant to to change the formation when he does have to play Tierney instead of Sinchenko, which is, I, I do have a general problem with that with Arteta. I mean, I don't have a problem with what he does with Sinchenko and this, you know, the inverted fullback and basically unless, unless if we've got the ball, he's not a fullback. If we haven't got the ball, he is. And I've no problem with that. But what I do have a problem with is when Sinchenko is not available, he asked Tierney to play in exactly the same way as Sinchenko when he's a completely different player. Mm. And, and, and it makes Tierney look a lesser a lesser squad member, which he isn't. You know, let's remember 12 months ago, probably over 90% of the fan base wanted him to be our captain. Um, and, and we and we probably lost you know Champions League football because of losing him and you know him and party at the end of last season. So th- this is not a bad footballer. As you say, he can play either left back, wing back, or or, or left centre back. So my issue is that he doesn't allow Tierney to play to his strengths when he does play him. He asked him to do what Sinchenko's asked to do, and they're very, very different players. So there's two things on this. Firstly, if you look back at Man City's early champion championships, they were playing collar off and cliche, alternately, depending on the opposition. Both good fullbacks, both had different attributes. One played more defensively, one played in more attacking. So depending on who they're playing, you know, Pellegrini at the time or, or Mancini before him would, would play either or. So I don't really understand why we don't say, like he did with um, Tommy Asso early in the season, we're going to play this opposition. Let's put Tommy Asso left back to do a job. I don't know why he doesn't let Tierney do that because Tierney's obviously, you know, miles ahead of Sinchenko as a as a one on one defender. Um, so I do have an issue with that. But going back to the, the initial mm. part of the question, it's like what we did with Nacho Monreal all those years ago. We played him at left centre back in a back three. We won the FA Cup final and we played him there a lot in the league because he's a great footballer and a great one to one defender. He did admirably well there and actually became a better left back because of it. So I, I I would very very uh, be very very happy if the lineup tomorrow night was Tierney, Gabriel, and Holding as a back three. I wouldn't have any issue with that at all. But yeah. or, equally, I wouldn't have had any issue if it was Tierney, uh, <laughs> Gabriel, and Ben White. I'd probably prefer that, and that's no slight on Rob Holding. But you know, it gives you more options if you do move to that formation, and as you say, it allows Tierney to play where he flourishes for Scotland. You've got Cliff here. He says, "Say it louder, Dave." <laughs> He's either hard of hearing or he agrees with you. <laughs> I feel like I'm shouting and talking too much as he is. <laughs> no, that's that's why you're here. That's why I wanted you on. You see, you got so much to say and uh, uh, so very well at saying it. Um, Ellis, what do you think to that? Because I think it is a, a, a question that people have differing opinions on, but I tend to agree with Dave. And, but I do like the idea of tyranny playing because 
he carried us. I mean, for the first, uh, for about a year and a half, he carried us. He was by far our best player. Yeah, and I, I, I agree to an extent with Dave that it, it is difficult or probably a mistake of Arteta to try and get someone who can't play. Zinchenko plays centre mid for Ukraine. Sorry, my thing closed down. Um, Zinchenko played centre mid for Ukraine, so he's got experience there. He's very capable of playing that inverted fullback role. And that just isn't the way that Tierney plays. And, uh, and like Dave says, to, to, to ask him to try and play that, you're highlighting his weaknesses. He has, I, I think, missing him against, was it West Ham, that we had to play Tierney over mm. Sinchenko through um, the tight groin, I believe. Um, and yeah, he made a few mistakes. He tried to play it and it's just not his game. The way he works is overlapping, getting balls into the, into the box, running, 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 running. And that's... That's how Tierney plays, and that's how you can get the best out of him. And I, I think again, I don't. I feel like when we're sort of turning this into a sort of an Arteta bashing podcast, and I want to try and avoid that no, if I can. Not, we all love Arteta. We love what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to praise him a bit more. We just find, need to find something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we just sit here for an hour going, "Oh, he's great, isn't he? Yeah, he's brilliant. Oh, I love him. I love him more." <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just I think he does. He has shown, and obviously his lack in flexibility tactic-wise and making us play the same way, the same formation has got us to where we are now. So I shouldn't yeah. really criticise him too much. But sometimes, like Dave has mentioned, you have to be a bit flexible. You have to adapt to the curveballs that have been thrown at you, losing Saliba, having holding on, yeah. if Sinchenko isn't fit or isn't available, having Tierney. You need to be able to play a different way. You need to be able to yeah. try and not expose people's weaknesses and highlight their strengths. And I think... Potentially, Arteta has made a mistake with with that, with both holding and Tierney. But maybe I'm being hypercritical. And obviously, know. he's been incredibly unfortunate to lose Saliba and Tommy Asu in the same mm. game. I mean, we all know, I assume, that had Tommy Asu been fit, he would have been playing, and Ben White would have probably moved to right centre back, and we wouldn't, we would not be in this situation. And you yeah. can blame the club for for not having a squad depth. You can blame the club for not playing Kiowa, but he's a left footer, so I don't think that would have changed anything. I just think mm. it's incredibly unfortunate that the injuries we've had have been two key defenders. You know, yeah. in, in the early part of the season, we were losing, even losing Jesus was, we thought would be a huge problem. It wasn't because it didn't really affect us at the key end of the pitch where we need to stop conceding goals. You know, right now, we're not having a problem scoring goals. We've got a problem keeping them out. So it's obviously highlighted more because you've got two key defenders missing rather than one. Yeah, I don't want to make excuses, but if you look at how many titles Man City have won in that period when it was just Liverpool and Man City flying out, yeah. the one time Liverpool won it, I'm pretty sure Virgil van Dijk played every single Premier League game. Salah mm. probably the same. Jordan Henderson... Those are key players. If they at any point lost Virgil van Dijk, then they'd probably be in a similar situation where they'd just miss out on a couple of points or City would have caught them instead of winning the league when they did. So it, mm. it is, like you say, it's really unfortunate and it's doubly unfortunate that the the cover for Saliba has been impacted for the fact that Tommy Asu is also out. I think, I think what it highlights and what Arteta can do, whatever the outcome at the end of the season, is go and say, we need a bit more money. This squad isn't capable to to push on all fronts, especially when we get to Champions League football. We need a lot more bodies there and we need quality there as well, not just... And, he, and, he, and, and finishing second in the league, not only will the club back him, or first mm. in the league, hopefully, but in the top two, he will be backed. But also, players will want to come. You know, yeah, and I think not, potentially... Not that we've ever had problems signing good players, but no. 
we're on the top table again, aren't we? So yeah, I think potentially there is that other view that you can have. If we do finish second, the players we do sign are going to be like, oh, I can be, I can be that man that adds that little bit extra. Like Declan Rice might be thinking, if they finish second, I can be the one that shows up that midfield and be that that bit of extra to push them over the title, and I'll be lauded the hero, the, the the last piece of the jigsaw to to win the league. So even if I think you, I think you have just predicted the future quite accurately there, Ellis. I think you will, <laughs> I think you will come, and I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> so, coming on from what um, Ellis has said there, Dave, do you think this has highlighted um, some of the players that Arteta won't be keeping next season now that we'll be going up and playing a huge jump from playing in the Europa League to playing in the Champions League? Do, do you see well, think, lots of yeah. people not being here at the end of beginning of next season? Well, I think I think we'll have a collective fan base scratching head at Emil Smith-Rowe situation. <laughs> I don't think I'm alone in that because... Mm. You know, I don't think the things. I don't think there will be too many Arsenal fans who, who would have started Vieira over Smith Rowe or Jorginho, you know, for example. I mean, let's let's not remember it was eighteen months ago that Emil Smith Rowe was, you know, pretty much him and Saka saved our season two years ago, and uh, and he was in there. He, he he was in the he was in the team. You know, the fan base was absolutely panic stricken that Villa were interested. He was given the number ten shirt to keep him, and so on and so on. Um, now the, I can accept the fact that Martinelli's Martinelli's taken his place because obviously he's a generational talent, but I, I still thought Emil Smith Rowe would get more football than he has now he's fit. And Arteta is saying nice things about him, but he's not backing any of those nice things up with any actions because I know, and I think we all know that Smith Rowe's been fit for a fair old while now, um, and he's not getting any minutes, which I find unusual. So I would say Emil Smith Rowe is definitely one who even if the club don't want to sell him, might well be asking to be sold, which I think is a shame. Uh, so I think that's a definite possibility. And I think there are a few others. Obviously, there's decision to make around Balogun in the summer. I think Holdings probably come to the end of his tenure. I think Tierney will will, will be saying, what's the situation next year? Because if Arteta is looking to sign a cover left back, he's obviously going to sign one who is the successor to Sinchenko and he obviously doesn't see Tierney as that. So I think Tierney, I think Smith Brow definitely. Um the interesting one for me is Reese Nelson. Reese Nelson seems to have leapfrogged over um Smith Rowe certainly. Um so I think Reese Nelson obviously being offered a new contract is is a good thing. Uh, but I you know I think I think certainly Smith Rowe holding Tierney, you know, I'm probably missing a few, but yeah, I think there'll be a few going out and I think, you know, three or four three or four big additions will be coming in. Because Party and Shaka are both, what, 30, 31 next year? So, no, you know, I think we're looking at two. Right. I don't think Jorginho is a long-term signing. He's only got an 18-month contract. So, he'll be there for, you know, spirit, spirits off the bench. Um, you know, probably ahead of Big Mo <laughs> next season. Um, but, yeah, so I think a couple of midfield signings. So, yeah, there will be a few. Uh, but I think this, the one that we'll all be upset about Smith Rowe, if he goes and shines somewhere else, I think we'll all be pretty upset. I wouldn't let him go. You need a when you're competing on four fronts next season, you we're gonna need him. Um, I know, but we need him now, but he's not been selected. That's my point, Danny. Not yeah. that I don't I agree with you, but I'll tell you it doesn't, obviously. Is there some similarities <laughs> to when Martinelli came back and we're going, Why isn't he playing? Why isn't he starting? And this was going on for ages a couple of seasons ago. We thought yeah, that's he it. had about twenty games under his belt and he was a he was an exciting talent. Smith Rowe is two or three years older. You know, he's got experience yeah. in Germany. He's got experience in the championship. It's not the same situation. I mean, Smith-Rowe's already proven. He's an England international. Um, Martinelli wasn't two years ago. 
know, that was just the fans wanting to see him because he was exciting and we weren't doing very well. And I, I was one of those fans, of course. But I don't think it's the same situation. <sighs> yeah, it's worrying. Um, Ellis, what do you think about that? And can you believe Big Bob Holdings only 27? He's been at the club for 30 years and he's still only 27. How the hell is that? His hair is 2.7. <laughs> 160 games he's played for the Arsenal. That's why I, I love Big Bob. I love keeping him in the club. Anyway, because he's, he's a centre-back. He loves the club. He knows the way we play. And if he's happy next season to, to get the cup games and the early stages of the, the Champions League and, and be seventh-choice backup uh, centre-back or whatever he would be, uh, what's your thoughts about players being here next season? Listen, do any of them thought of any of them leaving like me and Dave with uh, Tierney and the SR leaving make you a little bit sad? Well, firstly, I think obviously no offence to you guys, but you've experienced this. But it's very depressing talking about players and saying they've been here ages and they're twenty-seven, and you're mm. a fair few years older than that. I've got I, I, I remember being back years there. Old. <laughs> I remember being that age, and I remember being younger and looking at the players and the team. But now it's getting to that time in my life where. I'm older than most football players, and that makes me yeah. very sad. I thought you were in your late 20s. I'm 31. <laughs> 31. Remember you were 31. At the end eight. of my footballing career, I'm never going to make it now. The dream's it's over. It's and party veteran status. <laughs> yeah. When, when I, I was 31, we just sport Seaman, Linigan, Limpar, and we were about to go on and win the league in, in, in 91. God, God. Well, what, hopefully what, the same. No, that was, no, that was 21 yeah. then. <laughs> no, 2001. We're about to go and win the league in 2001 too. There you go, took 10 years off. Go on, so what players do you think are going to be um, out out the window in, in the uh, transfer window in the summer? I sound It's going to sound very repetitive. There's not really anyone um, that either of you two have highlighted that I think will probably stay. I think for, for Tierney's sake and for Arsenal's sake, he probably needs to go. If we're going to continue to try and force him into a position or a way of playing that doesn't suit him um, and it's absolutely pointless you might as well recruit some money for him whether that be 30 million or whatever the, the price is that's been quoted from at the moment um, and then put that into someone like, like Dave says up and coming who's going to eventually succeed Sinchenko and have some cover for Sinchenko because even he has his own injury problems um, again completely agree with in terms of Dave additions Chaka and Party, they're getting any younger and Georgina is also old as well as his own any, so we're going to have to bring someone in, hopefully Declan Rice or Casado or someone of that ilk that is... Yeah, or both. Or both, both. that'd be nice. (laughs) Um, I think I could probably, I can see Holden staying. I don't think there's going to be a lot of takers for him, personally. Um, There might be, but if you're holding, he just seems like a very good guy a very arsenal man who's mm. just just happy to sort of be there and he will still get minutes regardless if we bring in another center back i think he'll still you reckon? i think so if we get any more injuries and he'll come on if it in terms of depending on what sort of draw we get and where we finish in the league what mm. where we are in the champions league and the group stages he might get some games there um obviously the league cup and fa cup but Again, for him personally, he might decide that he needs to move. I don't know where he sort of fits. He is obviously a good football player. And again, I don't want to, to jump on him at all, like, we, like people have been on social media. But I don't think, if you took him out of our squad and put him in any of the traditional top six, I don't think he really gets in any of them, to be fair. No, I think if he went to a team that played like a four-four-two or or even a four-two-three-one, but with a keeper that wasn't asked to dispute from the back, Mm. And basically, he was playing with his, you know, back to goal, 
defending, heading, clearing in that type of team, he would be probably their club captain. Yeah, you know, I think he he would he, probably he would, be out, he, he would be outstanding. You know, for you know, at a team right now that's struggling at the bottom of the league. You know, but yeah, he's not the other one. I, I forgot to mention, which is not really a, a necessary a sale, but I, I would I would like to see Vieira go on loan mm. um, rather than stay because um, yeah, I think he just needs to play every week and get battle hardened in, in British football. So he needs to go to a lower Premier League side or, you know, someone competing at the top of the championship, you know, go and play for a Burnley or, a, um, you know, a Leicester or whoever, and just get battle hardened because he's obviously got talent. But I just think you see most Arsenal players when they're not playing, you don't see them for, and they come back, they've put on a stone in muscle and you see they've been through a program and that's happened a lot in the last three or four years. You know, you remember when Bella, when Walcott came back from his cruise ship, when Bellerin came back from his cruise ship, they, they were different shapes and they'd been through a programme. I haven't seen any change in Vieira since the first time I saw him at the beginning of the season. And I just think, you know, obviously there are slight players that, like Trossard's a slight player, but technically he's just sensational. Vieira isn't at that level yet. So I think he needs to, to get regular football somewhere. He's going to, you yeah. know, just tough it out. And, and so let's see. Let's see how good he can be. I, I do worry about him. Obviously, the Arteta Radio sort of frame, we've seen a lot of good players come in. We've also seen some players that haven't quite cut the mustard, haven't quite made it. Sambi Lokongu, who's on loan at Crystal Palace. Yeah. Tavares, who's on loan. He's another one who might be out in the summer. Sorry. Yeah, playing. so you, you, they probably are going to go. I can't see Tavares or Sambi Lokonga coming back and making any sort of meaningful contribution to... Mate, Lars, we know he's going as well. He said that, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. Pepe, is his contract up yeah. at the end of this? Yeah, or is so. he... I don't know. But yeah, I think maybe, we'll see a lot of those fringe players go. Maybe he's got another year on his contract, Pepe. Actually, I'm not sure. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he signed. Well, Mark Benos will come back as well. He's 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 doing. He seems to be doing quite well for Norwich. Yeah. And he's very young. He'll be back in the squad. He's another good one. But I think uh, sometimes it seems that Arteta wants to buy a player, keep him at the club for a season, and send and try and integrate him with the team and training, and then giving him games, and then the second season loan them out, and then that's when he makes his decision on when he's whether he's going to keep them or not. And I do think that quite a few of the players that we've got, like you were saying, Tavares, Lukonga, Vieira, that's a lot of money's worth of players that isn't working. And yeah. I think the, the the owners, although they have backed Arteta in the transfer market, are going to go, we can't go and buy another three or four players that, that are going to be either short-term things like Trossard and um, uh, Jorginho might be, or the other ones you're just going to hope, because to spend £35 million on Vieira, I mean, he was magnificent for Porto last season. I think he got like 14, 14 assists in the league. And you see, sometimes he does do really good long um, balls or cross-field balls or passes. He does have it in him, but it looks like he's looking around him the whole time, like Bambi going, I'm not going to get clapped because I've got little pigeon legs and these are going to get broken if I don't get rid of the ball quickly. And that maybe forces him into making quick decisions. So, also um, got a decision to make in the summer on well, not only on Balogun but also on Charlie Pacino next, mm. for the, the next season as well. The Blackpool legend. They even he's even got his own song at Blackpool. But uh, I think that's something. Like Charlie yeah. Charlie invited me to go and see him because he got signed some of your books, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I, I he said I'll, I said I'll come to a London game. He said um, Luton or Reading. They were both in sort of February time, so I chose Reading because it's closest to where I live. And uh, drove all the way up there, and it was only the second game of the whole season where he didn't play at all. <laughs> he, was on the, he was on the bench. Reading won, Blackpool lost. He was on the bench, he didn't come on. He was going to come on, I think, with about 78 minutes, and then someone got injured in a different position, so they had to change a defender. And he... <laughs> I sat with, his mum and dad the whole, sat with his mum and dad the whole game, didn't get to see him play again. 
<laughs> did you get a wave though or anything during the game? I got a, I got a thank you. Thanks for coming message from him. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bright future though, hasn't he? Who would you who would you uh, compare him to or say he's Jack. like in previous Jack. years? Jack. Yeah. Jack, Jack, Jack and Jack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah technic <laughs> technically, technically sensational player, amazing passing range. And he's beefed up so much at Blackpool. You look at him now, he's just so much stronger and broader than he was. Um, when he made those two appearances last year, you know whether he's going to be in the Premier League squad next year is debatable. But it, 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 let's see what happens in pre-season because I think if if he shows shows well in early pre-season, it might it might influence whether they make one central midfield signing or two. You know, um, have you got any idea what country he's going to declare for? Because he's obviously born in England, but with a name like Patino, that doesn't say is it Italian or something. No, his dad's Spanish. His dad's Spanish. Oh, no, he's got right. he's got dual he has got a dual passport. Obviously, yeah. he's played for, he's played for England at every level so far. Um, and you know, current thinking it certainly I think is England. But yeah, you're right. He does have the option. I think speaking of transfers, there is going to come a time where we are going to lose a player that we don't want to lose. For the last few seasons, it's been. How do we shift all this deadwood? Trying to flop mm. players that no one really wants, trying mm. to get as much money, or in some cases just buy it, paying off their contracts so we can get rid of their wages. But I think there, probably this season, there is going to be whether it is Emil Smith Rowe or or someone else it could be potentially Balogun. I know he's not really made his name in the Arsenal team like Smith Rowe mm. has, but I think we are going to probably have to lose someone that that the fans like and don't want to see go. But that's, it's part of that progression, isn't it? It absolutely is, and, and it's unfortunate. It's a massive decision the club have got to make on Balogun um, because despite what he's done, it is a very different league um, and um, and he's playing in a different setup, you know, to Art, than the way Arteta plays. It, it, you know, he, he's, definitely got, he's definitely got a feeling for the club and I'm sure he'd love to come, but the club's made quite a big commitment, you know, and a statement giving Eddie a five-year contract and 100 grand a week. Hmm. And Eddie hasn't let anyone down, really, to be honest. No, no. And I think if you're if you're Balogun and you're coming off the back of the season he's had, you he's going to want insurances. And I don't think he's going to want to go on yeah. another loan. Is and, he? and if the likes of, you know, um, well, AC Milan have been linked and is it Frankfurt or, you know, one of the German sides? Leipzig, I think. Leipzig. Uh, 30, 30, 40, 35, 40 million pounds for a player that's not played in the Premier League. <sighs> it's very tempting, isn't it? Very tempting. Are we worried about Saliba, Dave? Because he's. I am. I am. Yeah. Because David Ornstino tweeted yesterday um, that he's he's still out injured. That, that yeah. I think he needs an operation on his back, and yeah. they said they're no closer to him signing a new contract. And yeah. the way he's played this season, and last season for Marseille, he is going to be one of the hottest property centre backs because a decent centre back nowadays at that age is they're like gold dust, aren't they? Yeah, I mean. He, uh... And I, you know, I don't think there's any question that he loves being at Arsenal. You know, you can see it, can't you? I mean, the, the camaraderie in this particular squad is he's right up there with the best I've seen. You know, the, the body language between the players and, and, and everything he says on social media. But if we don't win the league, yeah, you're right. There's going to be some very, very, very big clubs. You know, talking to his agent. You know, ahead of him, you know, you know, at the same time, or, or ahead of Arsenal doing so again. So, it's a tricky one, but it's one of those situations where you just hope for a bit of loyalty. You know, we're 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 supporting him right now, but, but is there such thing as loyalty in, in, in modern football? Exactly football? Equally, you know, we can look back at perhaps he might feel that we didn't give him support and loyalty. 
the you just don't know, do you? Because you see all the French the French press interviews previous years where, where people he was saying this, he was saying that, and then he come back this season and everything he says about oh yeah, Arteta was in touch with me all the time, Arsenal were always in touch with me in every loan. So what's come out this season from his camp is very different than what potentially came out when he was in France. So you know we don't really know the situation, but I think I think he could be part of something really really special if he stays. So let's, we do need to get it done. We definitely need to get it done. Um, How about you, Ellis? I mean, if they can throw a hundred grand a week at Eddie, who for me is never going to make it at Arsenal, he's um, it's it's. Uh, I mean, they're they're protecting their investment, I suppose, but he is not a hundred grand a week player. But there again, when we all know that when you buy a player on a free transfer, then they get much higher wages, like Sal Campbell when when we got him from Spurs, got him on a free transfer, massive wages. So I can see why they've done it with Eddie, but. What do you think is going to happen with um, with Saliba? Because he is a rock, he is the centre pin of that defence. I and mean, for me, he's more important than, than Gabriel. And he is going to be one of the best defenders in the world for the next decade at the rate he's going. Well, yeah, he's he, he's transformed our defence. Um, looking at the, the, the win rate with him, I think it's gone with him, 78%. Without him, 40%. We've conceded oh. less shots on target. Our expected goals against was under one it's now 1.8 so it's almost double um we're conceding almost double the big chances of him he's i think there's some stats on sky sports news as well showing that he'd only been dribbled past three times at whatever point in the season that stat was was shown uh, he is i feel like he's the key to that defense he is that moment that has sort of notched us up that level to be title contenders to be in the position we are now and and to lose him would be it would be devastating really um, I, I wasn't worried, <laughs> um, but a lot Sorry. of people in, in, in our WhatsApp chat, obviously Dave sharing his concerns, has made me think maybe I should be a bit more worried. But I just, I'm, I'm relaxed about it now. I think, I think. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not massively worried. I mean, I'm yeah. just, just, I can understand why people are. But mm. I think, regardless of where we finish this season, be it second or first, I think even if we still finish second, I think he's enjoyed his time enough. To want to to knock it on, he's still a young player. This this mm. this, this not. Yeah, that. he's, still got, he's still got plenty of time to get his big money move to Real Madrid or PSG or even Man City. But I'm hoping that would never happen. Well, but that's what, that's one of the most exciting things, isn't it? Because you know, if we're buying a Casado and a Rice, let's just say, who are both under 25, and they are replacements for Party and Chaco are 31. The average age of our team is going to be ridiculously low, but it's going to have a great depth of experience as well. Because this year we needed Party and Chaka because of their experience and because of the old heads in the young team. You've got Jesus and Sinchenko, their experience, but they're only mid-20s. So we've got two players who are wrong side of 30. If we change those for, for the two that everyone's expecting us to change them for, but, you know, we're not going to have anyone who's starting for their arsenal who's over 26. <laughs> and incredible depth and so if I'm Saliba you're right really actually Ellis and I'm looking at my teammates I'm looking at Odegaard who's 23 I'm looking at Saka who's 22 I'm looking at Martinelli who's 21 like, this is incredible if we can keep this 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 core together and add two or three top top draw players because Ben White I mean he's had an incredible season incredible season how old's Ben White 23, 24 yeah it's just crazy um, yeah. I think it might it might rumble on into the transfer window, and I think, like you say, a lot will depend on who we bring in. If we can get 
certain big deals over the line early on the season, it's going to be a much more convincing argument for Saliba to stay at the club. Mm. If we don't, it, it might rumble on a bit longer. But I, I, I'm not too worried. Obviously, he's one of the three of those contracts that are running out, which was Saka and Martinelli, and they look like, well, Martinelli's done and dusted. And is Saka done or is that... He verbally said he's going to sign at the end of the season, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I think he'll be the third one and then it'll be looking at some signing down some of the other players that are, are getting close to that. But I, I'm not too worried now and I feel like because you're not worried, Dave, I can be less worried again. <laughs> there we go. We hash that out and I feel better. Skiggy <laughs> uh, has just said, can we talk about uh, ESR? We have done that. Go back about 10 minutes. Uh, our mate Steph has put... Crazy Jens Lehman has just tweeted, apparently we won the league 19 years ago today at the shithole. Yeah. Bloody hell. Amazing. And uh, Phil says Ben White is his player of the season. He's 25 and his birthday is in October. Uh, Mr. Waffle says Saliba is effortlessly world class. I hope we don't lose him. Um, See, that's the other thing we've got to think about because under under Wenger, we had all these great players and he was building something. And once he let one go, then it was every season one would go. And Arteta cannot afford to let anybody at the one of our best players go because then all the big clubs will go, well, we only need to do this, that or the other to tempt them away. Hmm. Interestingly, when we were losing all those players and, and not getting contract extensions done, you know, with Ozil and with Walcott and with Alexis Sanchez and all these players back in that, you know, seven, eight years ago, when we came through that period, the hierarchy, which automatically, you know, admittedly is different now when it was Gazidis and, and Raul were saying, we're not going to let this happen again. If a player gets to the last 12 months and won't sign, we sell. So we're at that situation with Saliba, aren't we? One year to go. Mm. So if the club said two or three years ago, we're not going back to those days. We're going to be strong about this. We're the Arsenal. And if somebody's not going to extend in the last 12 months, then we're not going to have this winding down and let them go for free again. So that's interesting because I don't think there's, I don't think we'll see as, It'll be interesting to see to test their metal, if you like. You know, if Saliba doesn't sign by the end of this transfer window, he's got you know, if he's got one year left, will they let it go to January? I mean, of a player of that quality, you, you think they probably would, but they said in the past, recent past, they won't do that anymore. I mean, you just look back at some of the the players that left Anelka. I mean, he was quite a thick person, and then I think that ruined his career because he became a journeyman. Um, Hleb said it was the worst decision he ever made. And he was one of the other ones, Petit, Vieira, um, MV, uh, Manu Petit. He, yeah. he regretted going because he went and he, he was got, he was back in Chelsea a year later. Overmars, Nasri. he, huh? Nasri. Yeah, he was, he, he was never loved. And he even went back to Barcelona. He wasn't loved there. And Overmars, when he went, he won absolutely nothing in the four seasons he was with Barcelona. And so you may, when you look at Saliba, you can see speech bubbles above his head with him thinking, mathematical equations. He is a very intelligent player. Whereas you look, see the speech bubbles above Gabriel's head and you can just see some cartoon playing or um, Speedy, uh, Speedy Gonzalez running off the edge of a cliff or something like that. He doesn't fill me with confidence. But I remember watching Saliba playing when he was in, for Marseille and when he was back at Saint-Étienne. And he would do 100 passes a game from centre-back. Meanwhile, back at the Arsenal that time, we have centre-backs that are doing 20, 30 passes a game. And his, his accuracy with the passes and his reading of the game, and to only to be 22 years old, and already eight caps for France. And that bloke has the world at his feet. And he is, he's intelligent. And just look at him. And he will have to look at this, like you were saying, and go look at the players around him and go, there is something here. I could be here for a decade and then go and have a move but to Spain or, or wherever he might want to go when he's 32. 
And then, yeah. he, I mean, like Ramsdale, I was saying the other day, Ramsdale was, um, was he 23, 24? Yeah. He could still be playing at Arsenal in 15 years' time, the way goalkeepers and players. And he said, he, said he, he actually says he, he, he sees that. And that's, he, he sees that his future, yeah. yeah. Not that his dad wants him there. Does his dad like rugby or something? He doesn't <laughs> like football, does he? <laughs> Sorry, the, the videos. Is she all right, El? Yeah, she's fine. She um, she's we call it a crack square, but it's like a little muzzy square that she sleeps with, and she'd managed to chuck out the cot. So I turned mm-hmm. to the side, and she's stood the cot, screaming at it. So I've given it to her now. She's just gone. I've never heard of a muzzy. I take it it's muslin. Yeah, it's like a little tight. It's not a big muslin. It's like a little tiny square. Oh, it's like muzzy. Is it? It's like muzzy. Is it, Danny? Ah, there you go. I went around to see Sexy Frank. <laughs> and Sexy Frank's littlest um, uh, middle one, she she come down and she had nine of them. And then her sister went upstairs and got another two, and then she got another three. She got 13 muzzies, and all covered in spit and dribble and chewed. I've never heard of that before. They didn't even let Sean have a bed until she was 14. Well, he didn't have a garden. dummy, so it's like the yeah. equivalent, I think. Something anybody got any questions because we're going to go for about another five minutes uh, anyone got any questions do let us know um and then put them in the chat and we shall answer them is there anything we haven't covered do you want to talk a little bit about the man city game and how we think it's going to go i know you've already talked dave about about the kind of lineup you'd like to go but how do you realistically well, i didn't, I didn't say I, I didn't say i'd like necessarily like it yeah i'd be okay if they did I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, I, d- I don't want to see. Put it this way: I don't want to see the same starting eleven and the same formation. You know, with the injuries we've got, I do. I do think he's going to have to make an adjustment. I think. I think if if Shaka's not fit, he has to play one of Trossard or Jorginho. I mean, try, logically, it would be Jorginho. But I think if he's not going to go with a back three, I would rather he went back to the old four-two-three-one and played a pivot. You know, Party and Jorginho together. And have more more of a solid base, you know, in front of the back four, and they just let those front four, you know, do their thing. You know, we've got fast players, we can hit them on the break, but I think we just need to have a a, a more solid platform. So if Holding's playing in a back four, I don't have a problem with that, but I'd rather see a double pivot in front rather than just single party with two eights. Um, so I'd rather I'd rather see four two three one or a three. Um, I think either of those will make us slightly more solid. Um, than, 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 than the current setup, however well it served us with different players. So, but what do you think the end result is going to be? Are we are we going to be happy gooners at the, uh, this time tomorrow night? Or oh, no, it's still it would just be into the second half. Um, Ten o'clock tomorrow night. It's the sort of thing you know. You wouldn't surprise you with this team, would it? It wouldn't surprise yeah. you. You know, I, I went up. I was up there for the FA Cup game, um, and, and in that game we played. You know, we rested four or five players. They played a full-strength side and th- they scored against them on a play. They had a good period at the start of the second half and they scored. We generally outplayed them for long periods. So we just need to remember that. You know, they. I know they've got better and better. You know, they are they are a juggernaut of a team. But, you know, an early goal. If we can get an early goal uh, and give ourselves something to defend, who knows? You know, anything's possible in football. But do so we go... Do we go there with an attacking um, mentality or do we do we go there and go, can we try and hold them to a draw? Because I think that could be a disaster. No, I would go attacking, but I would say, but with a more solid base. Ellis? Yeah, I don't. I, I think you're right. It'll end a disaster if we sit there and try and hold them. I don't think we can go all out attack, but I completely agree with Dave. I, I could see, or I don't, I, I could see, I would like a double pivot, a bit more sort of solid, solid, solidarity there. I think the cracks and the pressure has started to show a bit in the last few um, fixtures. And just 
solidify that up a bit, make that a bit more safer, make that a bit more sound. I think the job that we have party doing is phenomenal. And the fact that he's gone so long through the season, not made that many errors and continue to do it on his own is amazing. But there's a slight different type of pressure, different atmosphere, different strain in this run-in than there has been at the start of the season for the rest of the season. So I think holding Partey, everyone just needs some support. I think we need to, this game, we're going to have to try and attack him because we can't, we can't sit back and just let them come at us. I think there's going to be an interesting moment. There's no Ake. He's their only injury they've got, but he's been one of the solids for them for the majority of the season. And to have Saka on that side, running at whoever they decide to put there, it's going to be interesting. Again, people people have said that Saka's been out of form, but he's that player that can produce a bit of magic. I don't think he's out of form. I just think potentially with losing Saliba there, you've had a a bit less distribution down the right-hand side because it's easier for Rob Holden being right-footed to turn turn and pass it to Gabriel off that play run. Party's been having to drop too deep to pick get the ball from, you know, he's not trusting of holding distribution possibly and he's dropping deeper. So there's been more of a disconnect between party and, you know, the, the offensive side. That's why having Jorginho there would help because whatever Jorginho's frailties, lack of pace, whatever, he's technically, he doesn't give the ball away. He never gives a pass away. So what we've been lacking in recent games is, is, Ball retention in, in yeah. pressure moments. That's what Junior, that's what Jorginho does. That's why he was the best player in the Europe, Europe, you know, European Championship final. Because mm. he never gave, he never ever gives the ball away under pressure. And, and no. we need that. And that. essentially we've been getting part to do that job on his own anyway. So just yeah. having having to cover for his quote unquote lack of pace for yeah. part for Jorginho is not gonna be any different to being there on his own. Also, Jesus has been dropping too deep and getting involved, which is which <laughs> is effectively the other end of the pitch. We want Jesus to stay, <laughs> stay in the final third. That's something um, that I was thinking about personally from, you mentioned Jesus, it's Jesus, it's um, reminded me, him and Zinchenko, how do either of you two think that's going to happen? Zinchenko seems to me is a very emotional guy. Was it the FA Cup one when they came over and they slapped him on the head and he seemed to get a bit irate with that? Do you think this moment in the season, again, I keep mentioning the word pressure, but not just pressure, that to try and show Man City, you, you shouldn't have sold me. I need to show you that I can do it. Do you think that's going to have a negative impact or a, a positive impact on the way well, they play? If there is a factor, and I think you're right, Ellis, I think I, I think Arteta needs to have a very stern word with him because however good he's been for us offensively, he has been a liability on two or three occasions in those last three games where he's tried to do too much in a position where he didn't need to do it. So if you think, Ellis, that he's in that mindset of, I need to show them, then that is a danger because he does sometimes turn into danger when he doesn't need to. When when the right ball is not necessarily rose but it's certainly forward and out of trouble, he can turn back into trouble. So he, he doesn't need to prove anything to Man City. <laughs> you know, he's won five championships there, so he doesn't need to. But yeah, it's a concern. So hopefully Arteta will put his arm running and have, and have a quiet word on that subject. Yeah, he does need to calm down a bit because he does get so passionate about it all. Um, but I think we'll be fine. They're, uh, they're professionals and they know what to do. But It'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> Easy. <laughs> the Jesus thing of him dropping deep, it does. I mean, that is his game, but we can't afford to have a, um, a, the fulcrum of our attack dropping back behind the 10. You, you you don't do that. There's no need for it. There's players, Odegaard players there. Don't you worry. We'll give you, will you stay up front and you score the goals? Because we've seen before the last game, he had four goals in three games. He can mm. do it. 
And uh, yeah, right. Let's uh, do. Some he's led by example the last few games. Odegaard, isn't he? You know, when when he's been, you know, when push comes to shove, he's he stood up very well right. as captain. Sean's mum was asking how they played. Um, no, it wasn't. Oh, it was, um, it was uh, Canadian Jeff. I was worried WhatsApp each other messages. My mum was 22 minutes for him today. And I was saying the way to describe the game against Southampton was Arsenal played the entire game like it was the 90th minute of a cup final. <laughs> and then you could see at the end of it, they were absolutely broken. There uh, seems to be a few people on the, on the questions and in the private chat saying that it's formal that, Saliba's out for the rest of the season now. Have I missed this? Because I mean, I was at the press conference earlier. Nobody really knows. Three or four people have said it. Yeah, yeah. That it's it seems you know has that come out of the club this evening? I don't know. I haven't seen because obviously we've been chatting. But uh, I think they got rid of everybody who lets information out of the club, didn't they? So uh, one of the other things that I saw on social media today, which is not crazy because we used to do it with um, with El Nene, we did it with Gilberto. Is you know, I wonder. It's probably it's too late now to try it. I would have tried it, but I wonder. I reckon Party could do a job at centre back, no problem. You know, if you had Shaka fit, you could have Shaka or Jorginho playing ahead of Party. You know, we used to drop Gilberto Silva in there. We used to mm-hmm. drop Andy Song in there. If you're a good footballer and you've got the height and stature which he has, I think he could probably do a job. As I say, I'm not suggesting we try it tomorrow night. But maybe, <laughs> maybe we could have tried it in like we did with El Nene used to play there, or Shaka used to play there sometimes in Europa League games. There's times where we could have tried it, um, and it may be something for next season. It certainly helped with the the, the distribution. Yeah, from there, nice. and, they're, and they're taking the ball under pressure that yeah. that Rob unfortunately just doesn't have. It's too, it's too late now. The other thing is the other one's busy. We could put him a right back, yeah, which is what we used to do with right yeah, part. I think that's a bit too much running up and down for someone like Barca. I think he could. I think that's a bit too much to put on him. Yeah, but if we were running up with with ten minutes to go, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> different we'll story. Put we'll put ten men in defence at that point, but yeah, <laughs> like you do a football manager. Everybody in defence. <laughs> uh, right, questions. Formerly knows who asked about Saliba being out. Are we panicking? We've already covered that a little bit. Mister Boblek says uh, one for both of you. Do we loan Balogun out next season? If we do, how about Brighton, Dave? What do you think? I don't think Balogun's going to have any interest or his agents about about being on loan. <laughs> he wants to play for Arsenal or he wants to or he wants to move would be my guess. So, yeah, it's a great suggestion um, and, it, and if he's happy with it. But when you've scored over 20 goals in a top European league, I don't think you're going to go on loan to a, to a lesser team, maybe. But I can't see it. No, I agree. I think he plays for us or he's sold. Ellis? Yeah, I, I agree. I can't see him going out on loan. Again, I think, and again, he's either going to play or he's going to be. So, Brian, oh, Brian, we're going to t- nick your best player. You've had <laughs> on loan. How's that? And I think what we should we... do is sell him and add a buyback clause or a, a very high percentage sell-on clause just to cover, yeah. cover all, all bases, really. Thank you, thank you. Final question from formerly Nozar Ellis. How hard will you laugh if a bus stop in Fulham signs Potch as their new manager? <laughs> I think he means Stamford Bridge. <laughs> um, do you know something? I, 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 well, it sounds like it's advanced talk, so it sounds like he is going to be the next Chelsea manager, but doesn't worry me at all, I have to say. That club is in such a disarray that... Basket case. Basket case. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really care who they sign. They could sign Pep Guardiola. I still think that would go to shit. <laughs> it comes um, back to that. There was that thing that Potter was saying. He was at, it's like being at school with a, there's too many kids in the classroom. He was talking to players who were in the corridor. Who, you know, he had to shout because they couldn't fit everyone in the training room. And he was talking to him in training. You know, like, like, the people 
they were queuing down the corridor with like you know glasses to the wall sort of thing <laughs> it's ridiculous this first thing squad and they're all internationals hmm. <laughs> it's just an incredible situation I said this go on sorry go back to like Chelsea oh, well keeping on Chelsea sorry um, they're obviously going to sell some players is there anyone in that squad that any of the, the you two would be interested in taking right back yes Mason Mount all day perfect Shaka replacement hmm. Oh, I know I'm in the minority. I know I'm in the minority. Arsenal fans don't like Mason Mount. I just simply don't understand it. Fantastic player. There you go. Russ is just a, would you be in for Mason Mount? Yes, I would. And I'll tell you another reason. Here's my conspiracy. Saka and Saka loves Declan Rice. Declan Rice loves Saka. Mason Mount and Declan Rice are best friends. They, are. they do every, they do everything together. So there's a there's there's a there's a double incentive. Get the two of them together. The only like issue with that I have is there is rumours of the wage demands that he had at Chelsea when whether we'd be able to match that that's why they don't want him isn't it well you have to bear in mind because he's in his last year of his contract he's not going to cost what he what he's worth he's not going to cost more than 25 30 million he's not going to cost I suppose you're spreading that cost out aren't you then but yeah I mean it's a no it's a pipe dream I think there's too many other players with with a link with but uh, there have been rumours though haven't there so who knows what was yours Danny did you say um, Um, the right back is it Reese James it's very injury prone Oh, yeah, but he's, he's injured now for the rest of the season. He's out. Yeah. But I'd think well, that is a magnificent. He does look not good. Than, he's not better than Ben White, I mean, but he's just a, a wonderful right back. He's, he reminds me so much of uh, um, who would it be? Maybe the way Lauren gets forward, yeah. but he can defend. It's just uh, just magnificent. Plus, he's got great hair and he's a good-looking chap. So that's that's all. Are you talking about Ben White now or Reese James? Both of them, actually. Like <laughs> Candy, if, if if people like that kind of thing. Um, it's like Russ Morgan, but Aris James made out of Lego. <laughs> well, they brought him back too soon, didn't Much they? Much like yeah, Arteta's hair. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought when people said that, I always thought it was because they thought Arteta was bald and he wore Lego hair. I mean, click on. So <laughs> he's not bald. It's it's uh, yeah, he's not at all. So um, I just said we'll be that. we'll be take Lukaku in the uh, message questions there. Uh, formerly Noza, Lukaku, absolutely not. No, because we'll buy him for 80 million after loaning back to Inter Milan. He'll have the shirt 80 with the eight, number 80 on the back of his shirt. Uh, one final quick one. Sky has asked loads of questions that we keep missing out. Um, Skig says, uh, how about James Madison Ellis? What do you reckon? Would you have him? Because I bloody wouldn't. Loved him at Norwich, but now I, I wouldn't take him now. I think <laughs> the opportunity for him to come to Arsenal was when we were going for Odegaard. We have Odegaard. I think, I, I, think he'll, I think he might go to Newcastle and I think he'll do very well there. Definitely um, see that happening. Newcastle, Newcastle are a force to be reckoned with next season. Whatever. Talking of Newcastle, did you see the assist that Willock Joe Willock out from the halfway line, the outside of his right foot into the path of the on-running Isaac, I think it was, yeah. and then later on he had a shot and hit the bar. And the only watch smash of the day too for see all the goals conceded by by Spurs. Absolutely hilarious. Funny thing is. Up. Funny thing is, I can understand why he sold Joe Willock at the time because he was playing a very, he was always playing 4 2 3 1. And Joe Willock was never a 10, but he was never a, in, a, in a double pivot. So he, there wasn't, a, he needed us to be playing a, a three man midfield. And it didn't look like we were ever going to do it. Yeah. The season after we sold him, that's all we did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the left eight role, which we're, we're, we're throwing in Vieira in a key game of the season, that could have been Joe Willock. But hey, you know. History. He's doing better than both his brothers who decided to leave the Arsenal and go elsewhere, and they're now both playing in the Championship and League One. So let that be a warning to you. Yeah, Don't ever leave the Arsenal. Good player. Good, good player. QPR is just who fit, fit long and he doesn't 
Yeah, I think they're all decent players in their own right. Um, right then, people, that's it. An hour and ten minutes. Um, that's uh, if Dave, if people want to come and find you on the wonderful thing that is Twitter, what is your username? Uh, Guna Dave sixty six. Oh, there you go. And if people want to go and buy any of Dave's books, you uh, just go to Legends Publishing, or you can get them from the club shop. Just look for a bloke sneakily signing the books. Wearing a uh, wearing a, a cagoule and a hat and a scarf, so no one knows it's him. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ellis, uh, it's nice to have you back. One of the few members of ABW that are actually available to do podcasts nowadays. Uh, <laughs> I think you're the only one who's been on in about six months, eight months, something like that. It feels like it. Uh, when will we expect you again? Now that you're all settled, um, Tuesdays are normally good. So th- this night, when when Silla's on a night shift, we have regular shifts now. So yeah. A Tuesday night, every other Tuesday, I might be able oh. to frequent this podcast. A might, bit more yes. later, we'll see. Mr. Boblex is straight in with a hashtag Carpenter out, Carpenter fired. Um, right. So thank you very much, Dave. It's been brilliant. Ellis, you've it's been wonderful. Nice. And uh, thank you very much for uh, everybody watching. We'll be back tomorrow night right after the game. We have an outro as well. You knew um, Steve Lord who would and Dave Gunaholic quite well, didn't he? He definitely knew Dave. Um, I have made an outro that we play, and it is the both of those two excerpts from um, the shows that people didn't hear, but before or after the show. And so I'm going to click this. It's 25 seconds long, and then I'll see you two when the show ends. So don't go anywhere just yet. Right, everybody, thank you very much, and goodbye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? So I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at him. So when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately, and get the brown sauce on them and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt. <laughs>